Hey guys, it's Miranda. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Feed the Wolf podcast. In today's episode, Ben and I discuss negative self-talk, what it is, our personal struggles with it, effects it can have on our lives, as well as some tips and tricks to help when it creeps in. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number one of Feed the Wolf. I'm sitting here with Miranda DeMarc, and today we're going to be discussing negative self-talk. So, Miranda, uh, when it comes to negative self-talk, how would you define that, and and what are your thoughts on that? Hello. (laughs) Uh, Negative self-talk, to me, is going to be something that's any real inner dialogue with yourself that could be limiting your ability to reach your potential. This usually results also in lack of confidence and just lacking your ability to do the things that you could be doing. Okay, I like that. Um, and it's certainly something that, that impacts all of us, uh, myself in, in this season of my life for sure. But, um, you know, kind of why were you called when it came down, when I asked you, what do we want to talk about episode number one? You know, and as we just mentioned in our little pre-show, there's so many things. There's so many, when it comes to mentality, which is the focus of this podcast, there's so many potential topics. And um, we kind of both agreed that, like that negative self-talk, that voice inside your head, that the power it has, there are few things more powerful. And so um, what what have you seen in your life or in, in, in the people you've worked with that, that kind of brought this to the forefront of your mind when I asked you, what should we jump off on? Well, really, the this is essentially the whole reason I got so into the idea of mindset coaching or working within the mindset realm was just working in the CrossFit gym and noticing and starting to really pick up on the way that people talk about themselves and I think it's done a lot in like a casual manner and it's considered then to be normal like oh that's just kind of like how everyone talks it's no big deal but it actually is a big deal and if you're saying those kind of things out loud casually how are you actually speaking to yourself you know in your head or when you're alone and you know, one of the smaller ways, I guess you could say that it came up would just be talking about the workouts or taking the scores at the whiteboard. And it was always a but, you know, I got this score, but I scaled it. I got this, but I did, you know, push ups on my knees. And it's like, why is there a but to that? You know, there, sh- there shouldn't be a but to that. <laughs> Eliminate that. And even just little comments of like, I suck at double unders. I suck at this, blah, blah, blah. Or even just, you know, how was everyone's day? Everyone always immediately focuses on the negative. It's never like, oh, I had an awesome day. And I shouldn't say never. You know, there are some people out there who are mostly optimistic. But a lot of the times it's, oh, it rained today. Or I got stuck in traffic today. Work sucked today. And it's just kind of... I started becoming a little bit more attentive and aware to all these negative comments around me. And it was just something that I kind of wanted to start addressing and focusing on a little bit more because I think that if this is something we can work on, it's going to be a big help in actually being able to reach our potential. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, kind of twofold there. I think that we feel shame in celebrating the positive oftentimes um in your day you're exactly right if i ask you hey how's your day going 
you whether it's we gravitate towards negative or not i think it's also we feel uncomfortably like it's been a great day yeah because like why am i worthy of a great day like even if you're having a good day you're probably not going to tell me um if something special did happen i mean maybe you're on cloud nine and you're going to say it but a lot of times i know someone had something good happen today but you're right it's always nah today like, or it's i'm good how are you good right. and then in the first part i think we hide behind we 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 it's it's a facade of humility like uh but I, but i scaled and mm -hmm. it's like, I'm going to be humble about it. But it's like, no, actually what you're doing is you're reinforcing this idea that you weren't good enough to say you did a good job. Yes. Because that's it. It's like, hey, man, you did awesome. Like, yeah, but I, I did dumbbells today. I didn't do handstand push-ups. And it's, so? Like, right. You, you, why can't you be awesome? Why? Right. Why? Is, why is awesome defined as handstand? Like, what are we talking about here? Um, so I, I completely agree. And I mean... You see this everywhere. I, I think this literally bleeds into every aspect of life. But when I think what you just said, too, about the but I scaled it thing is is a lot of people confuse confidence with arrogance, you know, and it's like you're not being egotistical by saying I RXed it today or I did handstand pushups like good for you or, and good for you if you didn't. But I see so many people and myself included in this like with zero self-confidence zero and it just it breaks my heart to see that in others and then you realize like wow I do that to myself too so going into that where where do you see this the most because you and I were just talking before and, and obviously this impacts us profoundly in almost every aspect of our lives but for you if I if I'm gonna ask for a specific example or specific examples where do you catch yourself most often being negative inside and outside of the gym? Because I mean, God knows right. outside the gym for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not kind, you know, performance <laughs> and otherwise. And so for you, where is it, where would you like to see the most improvement maybe, or, or where, where do you feel it the most? I mean, the gym is, is an easy one. I think that's where, you know, it's an easy place for us to see it since that's where we probably interact with people the most. Um, so that's, that's an easy one. You know, anytime a workout's not going well or, you know, I should have been faster. I should have done this, should have done that. But outside the gym is where I think it's a lot more in my head. So it may not be as visual to others, but even just like when I look at myself in the mirror, sometimes it's like, I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not thin enough. You know, it's always the the good enough thing. And I think for me, a lot of that came from growing up and this is what kind of ultimately led me to become such a perfectionist was like, Oh, you got straight A's. It wasn't straight A pluses. You know, you did this. It, you could have done more. You scored 20 points in the basketball game. You should, should have scored 30. And I think ultimately that, that led me to become such a perfectionist. Whereas if things weren't perfect, they weren't good enough and they great. Isn't as good as perfect is. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so you kind of touched on it a little bit, but let's step into, I don't think we can get to all the reasons it occurs, right. but what are maybe the, the top reasons that we think that this is occurring um, which will eventually lead us to the, the steps we can take to maybe to, to counteract it. But um, when you think about it and, and, and what you've been reading, why do we think this negative? Why is there so, such a prevalence of negative self-talk? Because it, if you were observing from the outside, if you didn't know humans and you 
came into their lives and you're like, you guys are assholes to yourselves. <laughs> like, my dog's not a dick to himself. Jax right. loves himself. He's just a happy dog. What's wrong with us? So how do we end up here? What what is what is programmed against us in life um, so that we can maybe find ways to battle against it? Well, I think one of the big things, at least right now, is obviously social media and and marketing. I mean, social media, both of them are essentially set up for you to believe this, to believe that you're not good enough so that ultimately you can buy this product and that will make you look more beautiful or feel more beautiful or be thinner or this or that and that's you know on social media everyone's posting their best self every you're not posting a picture when you just woke up rolled out of bed and you know you essentially kind of look not your best you know no one's posting that stuff they're putting their best face on and then well, we're about what you just said though not looking your best what's the definition of looking your best and who defined <laughs> that who made those rules and i, I don't mean to right? like catch no? you on that but like it's a and women feel it's certainly more than men. Men get to kind of be whatever. I get to roll out of bed, and if I run my hands through my hair, I did my hair, you know? And now some guys take it more seriously, but there's not as much judgment. Me with bedhead versus a guy that has perfectly combed hair, we're not getting judged the way that a woman who might not put makeup on before she goes outside or um, whatever. Like, right. Puts on real. I don't care what it is. There's so much more judgment, but there's still judgment across the board. What defines... And, and that kind of leads into this is you well, just said it in passing, but what do you mean? Don't look your best. What if right. like you getting out of bed, you look like a human, you, you look like yourself. And so now we're talking about versions of ourselves that have been instilled in us for a very, very long time. Right. And it, it comes from the shoulds, I think like, are these expectations that society has put in place of like, you should put makeup on before you go outside. You should, brush your hair you should look presentable and i'm not saying you know walk around in your pajamas all day every day but you know what you just said is is that's ex that's exactly where this is coming from and i think a lot of it comes from habit formation too where you know you grow up and you start seeing these things and taking on these ideals or these rules for yourself that the culture you're in or society you're in has created and you teach yourself to think this way. It's just like any other skill. So you, you're working on this skill your whole life and you've taught yourself to think in this negative way. You know, like it's just like anything else. You're, it's going to take so much more time now to go back and kind of retrain your brain to think differently. You've taught yourself this way so long. It's, it's a habit. It's your default setting. And only social media and the culture is only just magnifying that and trying to make it almost harder for you to switch the way that you're thinking. Yeah, no, I, the, the social media subject, I think that that has impacted our mental health in a, a, a very, very negative, negative way. And I think that it's not cool to talk about, but I think that's something that I, I would like to, to take the lead on. I, I would like this podcast to at least discuss from time to time because, you know, recently I've, I've removed myself from it to a large degree and I can, I swear to you, my life is better and yeah. my vision of myself is better and healthier and therefore I'm a better human. I'm acting better. Like I'm, I'm adopting better behavior simply from one thing I'm changing. And it's because the, the subconscious messaging that I'm receiving and it's, we don't 
understand all of the agreements or, or rules we've put on ourselves. We don't understand all the expectations that we've adopted. Like you can't, you can write a few down. We could write down like, okay, you're expected to have makeup on. You could write that down. You're expected to have your hair look nice. Mm -hmm. Like you can write that down. But there's so many other small things that we're not fully aware of that we've adopted. And when we're looking at images or videos on Instagram or any of the social or the met, the, 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 uh, the language used on social media, the judgment passed, um, but we're not fully aware of the agreement that is affected by that, but it's still, even though we're not conscious of it, it still happens. Right. And that's why when you get off, you just kind of feel a void and you're going, I don't know what just happened. And that's if you're aware of it, like even aware of the scenario at all. Most people are scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and have no idea why that feeling overcomes them. And so. And I've, I've done the same thing. I, I found myself comparing myself to a lot of people on Instagram and sometimes it wasn't even like necessarily famous people or anything like that sometimes it was people I knew but I was still comparing myself and I found I I needed to unfollow them and it, and again that was nothing on them that's a something within myself of like my own insecurities and lack of confidence that I'm comparing myself to them that oh I, sh I should be where she is you know, she's, she's so much leaner and stronger and fitter than I am, but that's where I need to like check myself and be like, well, what are your goals in life right now? It's not to be as lean as possible. You know, it's to work on this podcast, to get into my career here and work on myself as a person and who I am, not just, just what I look like. And that's what I think the big, the big thing is, is we attach so much to what we look like but it's like have you ever stopped and thought about the person that you want to be who you want to be not just what you want to accomplish and what you want to look like you know so the messages that we send ourselves in moments or overall because th this obviously can be kind of macro view I wake up daily and I feel that I'm not attractive enough I'm not fit enough um, I don't have the right body type I don't have the right hair. I mean, every we get into the details, stuff that we have no control over as well as stuff as we have control over. But this also reaches into our behavior or our um, our performance, our actions in a, in a single moment, whether it's your belief in self while you're talking to somebody. Like, mm -hmm. I don't feel worthy of speaking to you. You're too good for me. And so while I'm talking to you, I'm going to let you talk down to me because I'm, we're obviously not equals. I see myself as, as subordinate to you, um, or in, in the gym. And we, we, when we, you first brought this topic up, I talked about last week, you were coaching the class and I was on the rower. It's a 500 meter row for time. And I, I came out a little bit too hot, but as my pace slowed and the rower is this awful thing that tells you exactly <laughs> how you're performing stroke by stroke as it came down, every time it came down, I would go, you suck. That's embarrassing. You should be embarrassed. Be ashamed of this. Mm -hmm. And guess what happened? I got worse. Like, yes, also because I was literally exhausted and maybe I wasn't in the physical state, which is something I should have recognized, which I did recognize. And that's how dangerous this self-talk is. It creeps in. I sat down on the rower going, hey, man, haven't done this in a while. Haven't done this in a while. So just enjoy it. Enjoy the fact that you're sitting in a class and you're being around these people. You're being led by a great coach. Enjoy this. Then the gun goes off. And it's like, where'd the joy go? Okay. And let's say, fine, it's okay to want to perform well. It is okay to want to perform well. Mm -hmm. But there still can be reason within that. And for me to be doing something and try and testing, this isn't even just like, let's be, let's accomplish. 
I already had the mindset of let's test, let's see how fast I can do this. And understanding that, fine. Now, within 90 seconds, I went from, hey, this is awesome, to you are a piece of trash, you're out of shape, you should be embarrassed, I hope nobody saw your pace fall uh, 36 seconds across 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. I mean, and by the way, for those that don't know, that's epic. Most people, <laughs> most people don't change their pace that much in like a marathon row. Okay. Um, it, it was, I fell apart. I, you know, I basically bonked at 250 meters halfway through. Um, but just negative. Ne I mean, and once it's over, it got a little bit better. Cause it's like, Oh, check the box. And you kind of realize like rational thinking can come back over you. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I felt it. I knew I was doing it and I still couldn't get out of it. Right. You know, I, I, I can recognize the insanity, but still be in the insanity. I think that happens to a lot of us. I, I've definitely been there, like, and been in a mood where it's like, I know I'm doing this right now, but I almost like, I'm just going to stay here because it's easier. Like, it's easier to just continue being negative than it is to make the effort, the conscious effort of like, no, I'm going to switch this around. And sometimes if you're in a mood, I know it's happened to me where I'm like, no, nah, like I don't even want to, like, I don't care anymore. And I think that's where, you know, some discipline comes in, but I think all of us have been there and it's, this is the form of obviously self doubt, but almost self sabotage, you know, like, and for me, I think I do it a lot and I lack a lot of confidence, as you said before about it shows up in different areas of your day. Like I used to not be able to look people in the eye when I would talk to them. Like if you ever notice a lot of people don't make eye contact or they don't for a long period of time, because usually that's just their own insecurities. Like, and again, this comes from a lot of deep rooted things within myself when it comes to men and women and those relationships. But for a while in my own relationship, I, was so you know I lacked so much self-confidence that I couldn't look my boyfriend in the eye because I'm like I am not this guy is so great he's so amazing I'm not good enough or worthy enough to like make eye contact with him and it it comes down to you know that sounds pretty messed up but it was it was true for me and it was true in my head and and he's not even doing anything to make you feel that way exactly it's not as it's, if he's acting holier than now it's something we do to ourselves we yep. don't need help in this area like i can i can tear my like it's kind of those memes you see these days it's like when someone criticizes you but you're already dead inside and mm -hmm. we laugh about it but like what that's saying is like you already think you're a bigger piece of shit than they think you are yeah and that's that's heartbreaking but again this is like you just said it coming full circle it's normal that we it is considered normal, normal. That for meme, us if you put that meme up right now it'll get the most likes you of of all your posts all week and we'll sit like you said we'll sit here and laugh but why we shouldn't be, la like, shouldn't be laughing it's that's not normal that's not how it should be you should not hate well, yourself that much to be fair i do think it can be normal and still be wrong yeah I think, I think maybe we need to accept that it's normal and we need to understand that we're at the forefront of this we want to be the tip of the spirit battling it because i think that it's important for people to understand your thoughts are normal. This negative self-talk is normal because it's been ingrained right. in us through social media, through marketing, as you've said. The whole point of marketing, as you were discussing, is that you're not supposed to be good enough. Why would you need a new TV if your old TV is good enough? Mm -hmm. No, you have to be a loser because your TV is eight years old. Well, I guess the point here is normal doesn't mean it's right or it's yes. good. 
Absolutely. You know? Especially when it comes to like societal norms. Same thing with nutrition. It's normal to go out and drink every weekend and eat pizza and ice cream and all dying weekend at long. Sixty five is normal too. Yeah, but that doesn't make it good. Not good. So now that we have a very good understanding <laughs> of, of examples of this, what are the pitfalls? Like, what are the results of negative self talk? Like, what opportunities might we miss? Um, and well, as we as we talked about, obviously, this is going to be limiting your potential in your life. And and for me, it's created this aspect of perfectionism, which is only like a downfall. It has created. But I thought being perfect was great. <laughs> there is no perfect. And it's I mean, it's created relationship issues for me. You know, it, sometimes I think in relationships, too, it can make you become needy because you're insecure or it can cause playful criticism which can sometimes be hurtful you know a lot of times i think there's a lot of jokes that are made that actually hurt people's feelings you know i i heard one time there's some truth in every just kidding which i don't know how accurate that is but it's like just because you say just kidding doesn't mean it doesn't hurt my feelings um but i think it can cause a lot of issues i mean it's it's endless i read an article from Nick Wignall and it talked about, you know, there's, there's 10 areas of this negative self-talk and it can show up in a lot of different ways. But the big one I took away was the habit formation and also the black and white thinking, you know, you can evaluate your own personal qualities in a black and white spectrum and it can be very detrimental to you as well. Yeah, I think you you really hit the nail on the head. Is it, it prevents us from fulfilling potential. Um, something that is near and dear to my heart is when people lack hope, yeah. which is the same as, as fulfilling potential. I mean, I think those are one and the same. I think it's two different ways to phrase it. People want hope for change. And if you don't believe things can change, then why try to be better? Um, and so it is heartbreaking to me when you see someone that's just down and out and that's a state of mind it has nothing to do with your economic status has nothing to do with your current place in life it, it's your your mental state we have met plenty of people with very little that have great mindsets mm -hmm. and just as in and this is a little bit uh, played out but it's like it just says there's many people with lots of resources that have poor mindsets mm -hmm. and they're down and out even though they seem to have everything um, but I want to focus on the bottom end because I know in my own life and it's something I've tried to work on you don't need much to to be able to have positive self-talk to, to have a great outlook on life and what you're capable of accomplishing and when that negative self-talk creaks in look at our athletes we have athletes that need to lose weight we have athletes that medically, like if they don't lose weight, they, they are considered unhealthy to the point of needing medication or potentially needing surgery or probably cutting years off their life. If they allow negative self-talk in and don't believe it's possible to achieve what they need to achieve in order to just live a life that they're worthy of, like just to be able to live a life they can be proud of, if they don't think that's possible, then man, what life is that? And so watching that in them, um, or, and I see it in this as well, is people that just accept their circumstance because it wasn't their fault that they got there, but this must be what they're defined as. Mm -hmm. And it can't get better. And so they're going to live the next 50, 60, 70, 80 years 
accepting this little of others because they think that's all they're worthy of. And I think that's what negative self-talk does. It rationalizes our acceptance of, of below what we're worth. Um, and it, it, it instills in us that belief of unworthiness. Like, surely I can't be deserving of success. Right. Surely I can't be deserving of the perfect boyfriend or girlfriend, perfect husband or wife or perfect partner. Surely this guy or this gal who, ah, yeah, they don't treat me great and they don't challenge me and they don't help me get better and they're kind of selfish. But um, I don't know. At least they don't do such and such. And so this is all I'm worth. Of course, I'm going to have someone that's not perfect. Um, surely my job, my boss is allowed to speak to me that way mm-hmm. because what am I going to do? Go get a better job? I don't deserve that. You we, end up settling. Absolutely. You end up settling for, for far below what you deserve just as a human, just yep. as a human. Um, and so I think that that's, that's, those are the major pitfalls. So then we want to take it to, to how – what are the steps? Like, what is there anything I can do to help confront this, to recognize it, to get better, to try to keep it at bay at, at the very least? Like, right. what, what are some steps that maybe that I can adopt that can help me get out of that, that negative self-talk? I think there's a lot of different tips to try to combat this. And I think just going into it too, knowing like, this isn't going to be an overnight thing, first off. I mean, you've trained yourself, essentially, to think this way about yourself for years of your life, in most cases. And so knowing that going into it, it's going to take a lot of time to retrain your brain to think differently. So even even that, don't be hard on yourself in that, that it's not going to go perfectly well every time and every situation that you find yourself doing this. Um but I think some of the the great tips that I've been working on too is first off, say it out loud. If if you're able to say it out loud, sometimes you can actually just hear how irrational that sounds and and then you can go from there. Like, would you say these things that you're saying to yourself to a loved one? Probably not, you know? I mean, say it out loud and then you can actually hear like how ridiculous it is, how how hurt you would feel or how hurt your friend would feel if you said that to your friend or your daughter or your husband or wife or whoever it is. You know, we need to be treating ourselves as someone that we need to take care of. You know, who else is taking care? You need to take care of yourself. Um, so saying it out loud is one that I really like. Well, And we on that, because you and I have discussed that before, I think there's so much power to putting it out into the world. Because as you said, then you can recognize the insanity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, when, there's power in voice. And when we keep it inside, we can't comb through. We don't necessarily always comb through the truth and what is fact and what is lie, um, what is rational, what is irrational. Everything that's going on in our minds at any given point, it, it clouds our judgment in terms of what we're actually thinking. When we give voice to it, mm-hmm. you almost have to weigh it as it's coming out of your mouth. You go... That's crazy. Right. It doesn't. And and then then you go to, I would never say that to somebody else. I would never tell my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my husband, my wife, my dad, my mom, my kids, my coworkers. I would never, ever say that. Well, cool, man. Don't say it to yourself. Right. Yeah. I think another one, too, is obviously changing your perspective, which 
is easier said than done. But one of the things I like to do in these situations is, again, you're saying it out loud, but if you say, this is good because dot, 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 you can come up with the reason of why this is a good thing. You know, so maybe on your row or whatever, you were kind of getting into that a little bit. But if you would have said, you know, this is good because I'm able to work out again, or this is good because I'm working on my fitness. This is good because I'm surrounded by these people in class and I'm able to, like you were saying, enjoy being in class. If you give it a reason why it's good, then we're again shifting it now to something that's positive instead of something that was negative. And hardship, if if we wouldn't even call it hardship, often like something negative or perceived negative can lead to the opportunity for growth. Right. And so, you know, I always say like hardship leads to innovation when it comes to business. Anytime something falls upon us in this business, it, yes, can be like dwelled upon, but it also can be seen as an opportunity to improve because you have to. Because you have to. And in that moment, in the most callous way, if I want to be as cynical as possible, it's still more beneficial for me to say, this is good because now I know where I'm at. Yeah, And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, how can you argue with reality? Um, And so I think that that is an awesome, awesome way to look at it. I think, too, um, one of the ways that negative self-talk can show up is personalization. So essentially assuming responsibility for these things that are out of our control. So if we're able to, one of my favorite sayings is control the controllables. Like is the situation you're in something that you have control over? You know, sometimes I I know for me, like I'm a planner. (laughs) So when things don't go as planned, I freak out and I stress out. I'm like, oh my God, you know, or this must've been my fault. I take the blame and the negative talk creeps into my head there. But if I say, Miranda control your controllables like is this something within your control that can help me a bit in the moment as well but one of the tips I like to include as well that may not be necessarily in the moment but something that a skill that we can work on daily because again changing the way that you're thinking is a skill that needs to be trained um, would be to practice gratitude so we talk a lot about journaling And one of the things I like to journal about is obviously what I'm grateful for. But a lot of people get caught up into, okay, I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful that I woke up today or my family, which those are great things, of course. Like we're grateful for the outside things as well. But a lot of the thing, a lot of what we don't practice gratitude for is ourselves. And so each day I try to come up with at least three things that I appreciate or love about myself, whether it's the fact that I always show compassion for others, whether it's the fact that I smile at people on the street when I see them. You know, it's it could be something as little as that, but showing gratitude for yourself will help that positive or that negative voice in your head turn to something more positive. Yeah, I uh, I do think it's, it's okay. Like, I know we want like this sexy fix in the moment. Right. You're not always going to get ahead of it, you know, and there's still going to be irrational thoughts and negative self-talk that you don't give voice to that, that you maybe forget that you had. Um, and so it seems like I missed my opportunity, but look, today we're doing a pretty fancy lift with the barbell. 
you take the pressure away by saying it's okay to make the mistake, fix the mistake though at some point. Mm -hmm. Meaning they can catch the bar and not an ideal position and then fix the receiving position and then stand up and it's okay because then you're still, eventually if you do that enough, you will get it right. And so that kind of after the fact gratitude practice where you're changing that mindset and that kind of encompasses all of it because you're kind of giving voice to it in a way you're doing the opposite. Okay, if I think I'm, I have negative self-talk about my appearance today or my body weight or whatever, um, I'm going to be grateful that, you know what, I definitely don't look my best right now physically, like my body composition, like in terms of body, body fat percentage, yada, yada, okay? Mm -hmm. But I'm 33 years old. It's a different season. I could still write down, you know what, man? Pretty proud. Like I, I do take care of myself. Yes, there are things I could improve on, but I can write that down that I'm grateful. I'm thankful that I am where I am today because it's also, it's not something that is truly negative. I'm not letting myself go. I'm doing what I can when I can. It's just a different period of my life. Exactly. Um, but fixing that mindset after the fact, I think is really, really, really beneficial. I wanted to add one more thing, which is curating what you're consuming, both through social media and, and media, media in general. Um, I think that we are susceptible to messaging in, in everything from movies, TV shows, commercials, uh, and then everything on social media. Uh, I was just thinking about today, Tim Ferriss posted a picture. He's, he's so great at learning new things, and he posted this drawing he did. And he said, my first attempt at utilizing this particular art form, it was amazing looking. My first thought, I can't do that. Yep. Like, wow, first attempt, and it looks perfect to me. Wow, if I did my first attempt, it would be a mess. That was my first thought. He didn't mean for that to happen, mm -hmm. and he's not responsible for that being my response. But I know that's my response, so I have a few choices here. One, in the moment, I had to recognize, and I had to say, that's a silly thought, Ben. Let's get off of that. But two, that those are those subliminal messages I'm receiving through social. And that tells me I need to be away from social for yeah. me personally. Uh, but I think it goes further. <sighs> Where do we get most, most of our messages? The people we spend the most time around. Mm -hmm. So if you're breathing life into me, I'm benefiting greatly. But if you're breathing any version of negativity, then you're reinforcing that talk. Yep. And this is something that's uncomfortable because should you leave them? Should you leave her? Should you not talk to your mom as much? Should you not talk to your dad as much? Because that's family, right? That's relationship, right? You're supposed to take the good with the bad. There's a line, though, and there has to be a line. And if these people, and then with friend groups, friend groups are a little bit easier, at least from my perspective, but then again, I have a close <laughs> circle of friends, and so it's easy for me to tell you that get rid of them. But I think that something that's incredibly powerful is just paying attention to who are you consuming from? Who's feeding into you? And what messages are they feeding? Are they reinforcing the positive self-talk? Are they reinforcing negative? And it might be indirect or direct. But if we can curate that, if we can maybe cut that one person out or maybe add a person, I think that's so incredibly beneficial because we do look to others. And we can say you're not supposed to. You're supposed to find it within you, okay? You're supposed to find it in yourself. You should be enough. It doesn't matter what he or she says but it does. And you've got to know the game you're playing. And so I think if you curate your circle, that can also be an incredible benefit to helping process and cancel out that negative self-talk, eventually move it towards positive. Well, I think that's huge what you said too, like learning to draw that line in the sand essentially with what you allow yourself to give your energy to. 
you know, like even, yeah, it's, it's family or whatever, but sometimes you have to draw that line in the sand or in your relationship of like, okay, I love you, but you can't, you don't get to talk to me like that. Or I don't have the energy for this argument right now, or, you know, whatever it may be, like, if you have enough self-worth and confidence and love for yourself, you'll know what deserves your energy and what doesn't. And I, I also like what you said about the fix. Again, we live in the world of instant gratification. We want everything right now. We want the magic pill. But I think like obviously knowing that this is going to take a lot of time, but also knowing that nobody has it all together. I think that's what I really struggled with too was like you listen to people or even maybe you're listening to us on this podcast like oh we kind of sound like we know what we're talking about but we still struggle with this stuff too you know nobody out there has it all together and doesn't ever struggle with negative self-talk like that's something that's always going to be it's going to be there you just learn to develop skills to work on it and cope with it and make it better you know I always thought that in order to coach or do any of this that, oh, I must be perfect. I have to have it all together. But I think the true magic comes from being vulnerable and sharing your stories with people. That's how we learn from each other and how we grow and how we can share these tips to work on it. Because if you're standing out there and you're telling me you're super, you're so confident, you have no inner demons, you have zero insecurities well that's just not true you know it's very inauthentic and that can be sniffed out well i mean i think i think you've summed it up nicely so to look back you know i can go into my day-to-day and and adopting a gratitude practice giving voice to it curating that friend group um and then understanding that nobody has it together and mm-hmm. I do think that that's really important. And the easy one is like, again, back to performance or body comp, you see someone on Instagram with a perfect body or perceived perfect body or perceived perfect performance. And even if it literally is, let's say it literally is, it's not play the game where like, you don't know their demons. Like, let's just play the game of like, cool, perfect. She, he, perfect body. Okay. Where did they start though? Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause that's where you are. So cool. Go back then and then work the same way they work to achieve it. You have to, we get this, we're like paralyzed by perfection. We want to jump all the way. If I can't get to where I'm positive all the time, then I'm not even going to try. And I'm just going to stay here and continue with this negative state of mind because I think that I don't have hope of getting all the way to that positivity or that perfection of a positive mindset. And the deal is that's not anybody's journey. Okay. He or she with the perfect body, they had a lot of obstacles to overcome to get there. Mm -hmm. He or she with the perfect performance, a lot of obstacles to to overcome to get there. And he or she with the perfect mindset, if that exists even, okay, it was a long journey. Back to the journey is the reward, our favorite (laughs) cliche. Okay. And so we need to understand that any incremental improvement, even if it feels like it's one step forward, one step back, it probably was actually two steps forward. Any incremental improvement we can make is going to be of great benefit to us in the long run. I agree. And and I think a lot of this, again, like we said, comes from habit formation, which can essentially come from how we were brought up. You know, the things we adopted from parents or the culture that we were brought up in. So next week when we sit down, that's what I really want to dive into is our childhood and kind of how that shapes the way that we think and the way that we act in our world today. Yeah, and I think that's a, a great place to wrap up. Um, I think it's a great 
jumping off point. And if you need any more of a teaser, um, next week you basically get to discover why Moran is a perfectionist and uh, <laughs> why I think I deserve to be abandoned at every turn. So if that doesn't get you, I don't know what will. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, this is a, a new venture for us. We are committed to it. We will be releasing an episode weekly on Mondays. We'll be recording middle of the week. And so y'all's feedback is greatly appreciated so we can improve each episode. So please like and comment on each episode and then subscribe to the podcast. Let's get some momentum on this. Don't be afraid to share ideas for topics. What do you struggle with? What have you overcome? We want to share success stories. We don't always want to dwell on what's wrong. We want to dwell on where you've gotten to mm -hmm. and, uh, and how you did it. And so any ideas you've had, we, we would love to hear it. So like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And uh, we will be back next week discussing, as Miranda said, the topic of childhood and uh, why we are the way that we are. And how that affects us now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Have a great day.